everyone, my name is Lucy and I'm joined tonight by my lovely and slightly tipsy co-host Emily. Welcome to Tormented Pleasures. We are a true crime podcast, so grab a glass of wine, I know we have, and settle in. Today we are starting off with a lovely little rosé that is not as sweet as you would think looking at the bottle. It's very, very pretty, very artsy, got like nice pastel colors. There's a swan. There's a swan, there's a goat, there's anything you can think of really. Um, Ashbourne Rosé 2020, what do you think? You're right, it's not, a, it's not exactly as sweet as I thought it would be, but I'm actually really enjoying it and it's quite hot here at the moment. Yeah. So it's really nice and it's quite refreshing, but it's not too overbearing. Mm, I agree, and often often when it comes to um, rosés that aren't too sweet, it can actually be a little bit um, like the bad kind of sour for wine. Oh yeah. But I don't feel that this is it. This is like a nice balance between, you know, a good white and a Merlot, I'd say. I can actually agree with that. Yeah, no, I'm good with that. I called a little bit ago, the deputy sheriff saying I found out my granddaughter has been taken. She has been missing for a month. Her, her mother finally admitted that she's been missing. Okay, what is someone here now? Okay, what is the address that you're calling from? 4937 Hope Spring Drive. We're talking about a three-year-old little girl. 4937 what? Hope Spring, H-O-P-E-S-P-R-I-N-G, Drive, Orlando. My daughter finally admitted that the baby's in the store. I need to find her. Your daughter admitted that your ba the baby is where? The babysitter took her a month ago that my daughter's been looking for. I told you my daughter was missing for a month. I just found her today, but I can't find my granddaughter. She just admitted to me that she's been trying to find her herself. There's something wrong. I found my daughter's car today, and it smells like there's been a dead body in the damn car. Okay, what is the three-year-old's name? Kaylee. C-A-Y-L-E-E. -E, Anthony. Kaylee Anthony? Yes. Okay, so are you ready for this one? I am very ready. I have to admit, I researched this quite... It was quite a lengthy research. Um, I went through court cases, and I went through autopsy reports, and the whole shebang, and I actually can't believe what happened. Hmm. Like, I don't know if I'm physically ready for this. So, this is the story of Casey Anthony's trial, but more importantly, it's the story of a beautiful little two-year-old that didn't have a chance of her life. That's dark. Yeah, it is. Okay. Her name was Kaylee, and Kaylee was born on August 9th, 2005, to uh, then they said that she was pregnant at around 19, so she had her when she was 20. Okay. Um... And Kelly was described as super sweet, her parents, like, grandparents loved her, her mom was really good with her, everyone kind of had this really happy family vibe around it. Stop for a second. <coughs> yeah. Yeah. I just need to clear my throat. Okay. <laughs> um, so she was sent to love Winnie the Pooh things, all things Winnie the Pooh. Mm. And unfortunately, that's actually quite a super grim point later on in the oh, story. I'm not yeah. looking forward to that. No, it's really it's really dark and it's really upsetting. Um, it's definitely one of the more heartbreaking cases that I've ever researched. Okay. Like it I actually had no joy at all researching this. Okay. And 
like I said, Casey was seen as this hardworking mom who doted on her daughter. All of the pictures before were, you know, they, they looked typical, loving, everything like that. And this perception of her would change as soon as the court proceedings started, as soon as mm. everything started. And she turned into somewhat this more sinister master manipulator and this terrible neglectful spider that sat upon her unique woeful web of lies. Wow. Okay. I'm ready to dive in. <laughs> so, June 16th. This is when all of this started. Um, 2008. Yeah. This would become the last day that everyone's kind of lives were happy and everyone was having this great time. Everything was good. The day before was Father's Day. And it was said that Casey had an argument with Kaylee's grandparents, Cindy and George. Okay. On that day, but it's hard to clarify because no one actually went into it too much. Yeah. So we don't actually exactly know what happened. Um, so there was this alleged argument. And the last time Kaylee was seen was when she was being driven off in her mother's white Pontiac to apparently spend the night with a nanny. Okay. Remember the nanny. <laughs> okay. The nanny gets ridiculous. So her name was Zanny, the nanny. For and real? Yep. yep uh, okay. Yep. Okay. And it's later reported that there was no Zanny. Okay, that explains the name. Yep. <laughs> um, and essentially that Casey had made up this entire story around this nanny who had apparently or allegedly been babysitting her child for the last one and a half years. Okay. So this 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 lie started way before this occurred. Yeah. That's a long time to keep a lie going. Yeah. So this lie was meticulously ripped apart in the day's proceeding. And in the trial proceedings, the state actually opened um, with quite an interesting process. Mm -hmm. They went through the days that Kaylee was missing, which was 30 or 31 days. Okay. And they laid out Casey's entire life in these 30 days. And it's not what you would expect. Okay, then. Yeah. So there are 30 days in total between June 16th and the day that Cindy Anthony, her grandmother, yeah. made the 911 call. 30 days of lying about Kaylee's whereabouts, her own whereabouts. She was seen partying at clubs, getting tattoos, and staying at her relatively new boyfriend, Tony Lazaro's apartment. While her child was missing. Allegedly. Okay. So... Question is, where the hell is Kaylee? Yeah. I also want to know. I, yeah, I think we all want to know. Yeah. So Lazaro commented in court that Kaylee was never present at the apartment all these times that Casey was staying over with him. Yeah. Which I don't really understand because she's two. Yeah, where? At the nanny. Yeah. The nanny that doesn't exist. The nanny that doesn't exist. Okay. On June 18th, uh, Casey is seen returning to her parents' house. She pops over to her neighbor, Brian Berners, and requests to borrow a shovel. <clears throat> she then leaves for about two hours, comes back, returns the shovel. No one really thinks anything about it. This is two days after I'm the last time I'm thinking something about that, I'm not gonna lie. I think everyone was thinking something about that, but at the time it seemed normal. It's a neighbor, you lend them a shovel. I guess, you know, yeah. The shovel's a normal thing you borrow, I suppose. Maybe yeah now at this time kaylee's grandparents started questioning casey you know they wanted to see their granddaughter it's normal and it was also said that kaylee never spent 
more than one or two days away from them. Okay. It was a very close-knit family. Yeah. You know, grandparents were very, very involved. Yeah. And Casey once again fell back on her lies. She lied and said she was at a conference in Tampa. And Kaylee's once again at the nanny that doesn't exist. Why isn't the child with her grandparents when her mother's away for work? Right, yeah. So, then things get a little bit weird. Not that they're not already weird, but things get weirder. Okay. The lies start increasing and Casey's telling people that she's at the beach with the nanny. Then the nanny had an accident, a car accident on the highway. Oh my word. Not with the baby in the car, apparently. Okay. okay. Um, But while Casey was attending to the nanny that was in hospital, Kaylee was staying with two of the nanny's friends in a hotel. Yeah. This is just talking around in circles. I'm not even 100% sure what's going on. What I don't understand is her daughter was missing for 30 days and no one really questioned it. No one thought anything was wrong. But when you look at everything, I mean, when the prosecutors laid out their, you know, everyday life of what Casey was doing, I find it very difficult to understand how people didn't know that something was wrong. The lies are so ridiculous. Yeah. So... Everyone asked, her friends started asking, her boyfriend asked, obviously the grandparents were asking, and she kept hitting back, and she says, no, she's at the beach, she's at a friend, she's at the nanny, all nanny's friends. So where the hell is Katie? You, people can't just not see someone for a month, and they're at some nanny that I'm, obviously no one else has ever seen either. Yeah, well, she, she was a figment of Casey's imagination, essentially. Oh, yeah. What? Yeah. I'll get there. Okay. I'll get there. I'll get okay. there. You'll, you'll see. You'll see where I'm going. With oh. This. So now on July fifteenth, uh, Cindy and George, the grandparents, yeah, get a letter to retrieve their car from an impound lot. It was Casey's car, but it was under their name, mm-hmm. which is quite it's, it's quite a common thing. Mm. And yeah. the lie that Casey had told about the car was that she had broken down and that she had sent it to someone to essentially get fixed and she kept lying and saying that no they were still working on it you know the typical mechanic they're mm. still working on it it's take they have to do this but now the grandparents get this letter to essentially you know come get your car bring cash and then go yeah <laughs> yeah this the this is where it gets more dicey wow okay i'm not sure how we can get more dicey but i'm ready so george went with the guy that works at the implant lot, I can't remember his name exactly, but he takes him back to get the car and George notes this horrendous smell permeating from it. It's this disgusting, horrible, very distinctive smell. From the car? From the car. Okay. The impound lot owner, I believe it was, mm-hmm. later testified and said that he 100% knew that it was the smell of a dead body, just in his opinion. I don't know how exactly he knows what that smells like. But he confirmed that that was what he smelt. So George gets into the car, fetches Cindy, and they both started, you know, discussing this horrible smell because it's it's quite pungent. Mm-hmm. And Cindy's exact words were, "Jesus, what died?" <coughs> mm. Now apparently, a bag of trash had been discovered in the boot, but everyone compared the smell to a dead body. Or something decomposing, you know, an animal rotting. Something something, something that was decomposing and rotting. Yeah, that's not what trash smells like. No, 
Unless, I mean, there was like a squirrel in the trash. I don't know. We don't know. Mm-hmm. So now the jig is up for Casey. Everyone knows that she's lying. Her parents know that, you know, she's lying about everything. She's lying about her whereabouts. She lied about the car. Now it comes into question, okay, is she maybe lying about her child? Almost definitely. 100%. So Cindy Anthony had had... Cindy Anthony. Cindy Anthony, sorry. Had had enough. And she wants to know where the hell her granddaughter is. Yeah. She manages to round up one of Casey's friend, like stuffs her in the car, basically says, I need to know where my granddaughter is now, you're coming with me. They go to Lazaro's apartment. She hides behind her friend. Her friend obviously has a discussion with her. She pops up behind her, grabs her, like takes her no phone, nothing, stuffs her in the car and drives her to their house. Mm. She starts questioning, she starts pushing. They bring, or her mom brought her brother in because she thought that maybe she would talk to him. Yeah. And while this is all happening, Casey finally admits to them that she has no idea where her daughter is and that she's been kidnapped by the nanny a month prior. But she didn't tell anyone. No, she didn't tell anyone because her excuse was, and I will play the 911 call um, after Cindy managed to call the police. She let Casey on the phone and Casey said that she was trying to deal with it herself, essentially. Now you're, now you're three old, okay, your three-year-old daughter is missing. Kaylee Anthony. Yes. White Kaylee female. Anthony. Yes, white female. Three years old, 8, 9, 2005 is her date of birth. Yes. And you last saw her a month ago? 31 days. From 31 days. Who has her? Do you have, do you have a name? Her name is Zenaida Fernandez Gonzalez. Who is that? Babysitter? She's, she's been my nanny for about a year and a half, almost two years. And why, why are you calling now? Why didn't you call 31 days ago? I've been looking for her and have gone through other resources to try to find her, which is stupid. No, I'm sorry, no. no. Because your child is missing for a month. You, Your first instinct... Okay, I'm not a mother, I don't have children, but I imagine your first instinct would be to get all the help you could possibly get. Specifically if you know... I mean, me personally, if I knew who took my child, I feel like that's an easier thing than someone random abducting them. Or yeah. It's a little bit easier to just be like, okay, listen... This is my nanny. She lives here because Casey said to know where she lives. Obviously, it's her nanny. Yeah, that's a good point. So, yeah, she admits this. The 911 call is made and essentially the top is blown off of this entire thing. July 16th, Casey is arrested. Oh. Not for murder. We don't know that yet. For, For what? So, she lied to the police. Obviously, she lied to the police saying that, you know, Zanny the nanny had kidnapped her child. Yes. The police obviously discovered that she was lying about that. Mm-hmm. Then the second lie to unravel was she had told everyone, including her parents, that she used to work, or she works at Universal Studios. Yeah. I'm assuming she did not. No, she did not. Okay. She took the police there. Um, the guard at the gate essentially looked at her and was like, I've never seen this woman in my life. She managed to lie past him and say, no. I'll show you where my office is. She takes them on this incredibly long wild goose chase through the entirety of Universal Studios. 
How? I'm sorry, wait. She kept lying and she was like, no, sorry, I must have taken a wrong turn. Eventually she gets to the end and she turns around and she admits that, okay, I don't really work here. So now she's lied to them twice. Okay, but like, Universal Studios. Why don't you, if you really want to pull off a lie like that, okay, why don't you get one of your friends to act like you work where they work or something? What? Something. I don't think she ever thought that her lie would be torn apart like this. Yeah. I don't think she expected it because yeah. I think she's a little bit of a pathological liar because it seemed, the, the police noted that it seemed that she truly believed it. I mean, we're not even halfway through this, I'm assuming. No, and not like at all. already the lies are just so. No. Oh my god. So she's arrested with child neglect, lying to the police, and interfering with police investigation because yeah. her lying essentially affected how the police handled the kidnapping. Yeah. So Casey's car is taken into forensic. Okay. Um, and they discover through a cadaver dog the presence of human decomposition the decomposition yeah why <laughs> sorry <laughs> anthony's car is taken into forensics and they discover through a cadaver dog and an air sample test okay the presence of human decomposition <laughs> i didn't even know that this was a thing I did not know that you could test air samples. How do they do that, do you know? I'm not entirely sure. I tried to go into it a little bit, um, yeah. but the science is kind of over my head. Okay, I get you. I, I was just about to say, I can imagine the science is extremely complex. Yes. But essentially, this confirmed that there was a body rotting in her trunk. And they were mm. able to confirm that it was a human body rotting in her trunk. Okay. On December 11th, 2008, Skeletal remains are found belonging to a little girl, carelessly discarded in a wooden area close to Casey Anthony's house. So this is her parents' house. A few days later, the remains are confirmed to be Kaylee. Okay, so her mother killed her. The, yeah. So, forensics showed that there was no significant trauma before death, and Cindy was notified. Now, at this time, Casey was obviously awaiting trial in jail. Yeah. So Cindy made a phone call to her daughter telling her that Kaylee had been found and that she was deceased. I have the phone call that was made in jail and it, it's just not how you would expect her to react at all. Okay. Hi, sweetie. We're not doing well, Kate. Someone just said that Kaylee was dead this morning. Surprise, surprise. What? Yeah. That is how- What the hell, dude? How do you react to your mom telling you that your your daughter, your two-year-old daughter, has been found deceased? And you say, surprise, surprise. I'm sorry, but that's like, that's, that's, that's it's not saying, normal. No, the reaction isn't normal, but that also means that she was expecting this. She knew. She had to, okay. Just hold out a little bit, a little bit oh. more. It gets worse. I'm scared. I, I'm scared. <laughs> so, there was no significant trauma before death. Okay. Okay. And unfortunately, due to the fact that the skeletal remains were skeletal, yeah. they were unable to determine the reason for death. However, they noted that she had duct tape over her mouth and nose, and it was double duct taped. 
Oh my word. And she had a little heart sticker over where her mouth would be. What the hell? Hmm. And I had a look at the crime scene photos. Um, they're truly heartbreaking. They're, it, it's horrible to see. And just to see how small her bones were. And some of them weren't being, like, they couldn't find some of them. That is truly horrifying. I did, like, I'm, I don't have the words, honestly. No, I, it, it was, it was horrible. It really was. <clears throat> but now, Casey is charged with homicide, and the state is pushing for death penalty. Okay. I'm Which I agree with. Yeah, I'm not going to say I disagree with that. Do you want to know the defense that Casey's lawyer took? I am very curious. I'm assuming it's going to be something absolutely ridiculous. They tried to put the blame on her dad, George Anthony. But he's not even here! We've barely heard about him! Exactly. Like... They claimed that George had disposed of Kaylee's body after she drowned at their house. They had this little pool above ground and the ladder was left down and Kaylee climbed in and drowned. So Casey's recount of the situation was she walked out of the house and there was her dad holding the dripping body of her child and he decided that he didn't want to call the cops to report it. Sorry, this 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 person who has been lying about where she is, who she's been with, what she's been doing for a month. Mm -hmm. That's she's trying to blame it on her own. What is wrong with her? It gets worse. So the defense made up this entire story of George Anthony molesting not only his daughter but his granddaughter as well. And. It I have a shocked said, face right now. Yes, Sorry. You, you, I have, you, I have the biggest shocked face right you now. You are exactly what the court had as well. They were stunned. They couldn't believe what was being told to them. And someone noted in the trial itself that when this was said, George Anthony's face absolutely dropped. I can't imagine this poor man. Because they were told... So family in... Families usually not allowed to sit in in court cases. Yeah. Uh, it's too emotional, but the judge agreed that they could sit in as long as they remained stoic. And it was said the only time he broke that stoic facial feature was when this was said, and he just looked looked absolutely heartbroken. Not even mad, not shocked, just heartbroken that this was being said about him. I cannot imagine the, the feeling that he must have felt. Your own and daughter. Honestly, I'm I am kudos to him for not losing his absolute shit. I would have just wrecked that entire court if someone did that. Someone like this bitch. So apparently they did eventually make up afterwards. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose she is his daughter. Yeah. But Casey's lawyer continues to say that George verbally attacked Casey. Um, he told her that she was going to jail for being so neglectful. And that's the story that they try to kind of spin, that he had said all of these things and said, listen, you know, you're going to go to jail because you neglected your daughter, you're never going to get out, that kind of thing. We have to bury the body and hide it and not say a thing. That was apparently his... His doing. His doing, yes. Hmm, okay. Convenient. Now I read all of this. I, I read it quite thoroughly. And the defense is honestly so wishy-washy. The story isn't complete. They weren't able to say where the body was taken. Yeah. 
there were so many things missing from it that when I read it, I was like, okay, there's no way. There's no way they can get past with this. No, it's this is absolutely ridiculous. Now, after I think it was less than 11 hours of deliberation. Okay. The jury actually found Casey Anthony not guilty of first degree murder. What? They simply did not have enough evidence to finalize that it was her. She did get convicted for lying. Oh, so boo Yeah, so she got convicted for four years for each lie that she told. There was a couple others. Well, there were two others. But she got convicted for four years. She had to pay, like, a fine, a penalty. But the jury said that they could not paint... The, that the prosecution could not paint a full picture of exactly how Kaylee had died. And that was their reasoning for letting her free. Okay, but what does that matter? I'm sorry, like, what does that matter? The point of the matter is that this child is dead. This child has died. As you said in the beginning, she did not have a chance at life. What did she do wrong to deserve that? Absolutely nothing. She's a child, okay? It is so blatantly clear that her mother either did it or had something to do with it because yeah. I don't know, she regretted having a child or whatever the case is. She wanted to get back at her parents because, I don't know, she really seems like she has something against her dad. Apparently. Apparently. There's just so there's just so much going against her and they then on top of that you have the wishy-washy defense and the fact that she lied about where she was working and everything. And the nanny. And the nanny! The non-existent nanny! So the full name that she gave. Oh, I can't remember the name. But the full name that she gave. Yeah. Was eventually tracked down back to this poor woman who actually had this full name. Oh shame! And she eventually sued Casey for defamation of her name because okay. apparently people were treating her quite crudely and when this whole court case was happening, everyone believed that, you know, she had stolen and kidnapped this poor child. Did she know, um, she didn't know Casey her. or anything? She didn't know her. She'd never met any of the family. She just was unlucky to have the name that Casey chose. Yeah, she Casey just managed to think up a name, throw it out, and some lady managed to have that name. Casey was released on July 17th, 2011. And she's now running free. She is running free. However, if this makes anyone feel a little bit better, apparently her life is, as she described it, a living hell. Kind of makes me feel better. Because everyone believes, as you and I do, that she obviously murdered her child. Yes. So she's had drinks thrown in her face. She's been kicked out of restaurants. She's been verbally attacked on the street by people asking for something that they wanted anything. You know what? I want to get a little dark. Do you mind if I get a little dark? Of course. Okay, so I... Obviously, death penalty would have been great in this case. Yes. Because children don't deserve this, particularly. No one deserves this, but this is... I, I truly believe that this is a mother killing her own child. It's... Yeah, it's... There isn't actually a word for it. I can say horrific as much as I want, but it doesn't actually encompass what has just happened. So instead of her going to jail, and you know having food and a place to sleep she is basically being shut out of society yeah and i'm pretty sure that we all kind of 
have a little bit of an understanding of how that feels mm. considering the past two years oh yeah and to have that whether or not there's a pandemic good on that i am so happy about that so she later interviewed um and in this interview she describes herself as someone who doesn't drink and who has been painted by the media as this horrible neglectful mother who was out partying which she was seen partying there is a lot of evidence she was at a hot body contest i think three or four days after her baby was allegedly kidnapped she was seen at bars she was seen drinking herself into a stupor she was just seen honestly living her best life she got tattoos and the tattoo artist noted that she was having a fantastic time and that she was so happy with things and she just seemed super upbeat and yeah and this is allegedly when your child is missing and has been kidnapped that's not normal behavior that is not normal behavior i'm sorry and it just it's just I'm so sick and tired of this argument, this fallback on, oh, the media is painting it in this way, and that's why you should see it like that or not see it like that. Like, seriously? Sure, like, media has a lot of influence on how we act, how we think, etc., etc., but it's it's not that compelling. No. I'm really gonna not. be honest. It is not that compelling. It's sad. It's, it's truly just sad and I hate that she's walking free. It is absolutely heartbreaking. This did not have the outcome that I was hoping for, I'm going to be honest. I think a lot of people agree with you. Yeah. Um, so they chatted to, obviously after things like this, they chatted to the jury, they chatted to the judge. Yeah. And the judge said, realistically, there was nothing that he could do. Because of the evidence, they've obviously got to be as stepped back. As possible. As possible. And the jury essentially said the same thing, that there was just physically not enough evidence to paint her as a killer. But a lot of people have looked at the external things, you know, the phone call in prison, the way that she waited 30 days, her voice specifically when she spoke on that first 911 call. Yeah, I mean, you can hear, it's not, you can hear the clear difference between the grandmother yes. and the mother. Yes. The grandma is in an absolute panic panic just this state where you know you're struggling to articulate what you're trying to say and that's understandable but casey is talking normally it's it's as if um she's giving an excuse for why she handed an assignment in late yes it's not my my child is missing it's oh yeah sorry about that what can what can you do yeah i waited 31 i, I just waited 31 days because you know i was trying to do it myself and you know what? The only reason that any of this happened is because her, her um, Casey's mother phoned the police. Yes. I, my opinion is if... Because when all of this was happening, Casey was also avoiding her, her parents. Mm. And I think if Cindy hadn't pushed as hard as she had, and I also think if the car incident hadn't happened, mm. then this probably would have gone on a lot longer. Yeah. And they would have just sort of believed that it was a situation of her mom pulling away from her parents. Yeah. But that's not that's not what happened. How truly heartbreaking. No, it's horrible. I, it's honestly horrible. And just everything around it was just... It was so bad, the way that everything was done. I just... 
I understand the evidence, but I, you say they spoke to the 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 jury and jur, jur, jury yes. and stuff afterwards. Yes. What 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 did they say? Like a lot of people demanded retribution for her, for Katie. Okay. And a lot of people were very angry at the verdict because, unfortunately, well, I suppose fortunately, with things like this, it becomes very personal for a lot of people, specifically yeah. people with children. Mm. And again, at such a very young age and a very delicate age, people were outraged. Yeah. So the jury was essentially harassed, but they just stood by the fact that we didn't have enough evidence and I think I do believe that one of them truly believes that she's innocent. And that Seriously? That her reaction was just a distraught mother that had lost her child. No, I I call bullshit. I call so much bullshit on that. I I don't I don't Ugh, know what to is say. This person, this I don't jury know what to person. Say. Just leave, please. <laughs> no one wants you. <laughs> no, like they they tried very hard to paint that picture of George being this child molester who molested his you know his own children and his granddaughter and that he had just casually walked out of their house and realized that Kaylee had drowned. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. Look, that does happen. Fathers molest children and grandchildren. It's a thing that happens and it's absolutely disgusting. However, in this particular case, um, I don't believe that Casey is innocent, whether or not George actually did molest anybody. Because that, I mean, I don't think we'll ever know if it is true or not. The big thing that struck me is if someone has drowned and they are classified, in your opinion, as dead, why would you tape their mouth and nose shut? Oh, that is an excellent point, actually. That, that was something that stuck out with me a lot. Um, with Because realistically, I mean, now that we've got a little bit of hindsight and we're looking back at this and we're discussing this, it we've got everything laid out in front of us. Yeah. But at the time, I don't understand how her story of her child drowning resulted in her child being found with not one, and I think it was not two, I think it was three, three layers of duct, of duct tape. tape. And then the sticker on top to with boot. With a little heart sticker. That little heart sticker, it's, it's a fuck you to someone. It's a psycho thing to do. And they were not, so here's the kicker. With that, they were able to find stickers that matched that sticker essentially mm -hmm. because it was the imprints of it on yeah. the duct tape that was left they managed to find a roll or like a sheet of stickers in casey's room okay wait matched. how is that not evidence then that's what i thought but it was dis from what i found it was essentially discussed right in the beginning in the opening statements yeah that she had that sticker and it was discussed later that they found that sheet in casey's room but they were not able to tie it. So they were not able to clarify whether it was from the same sheet or not. And thus they had to throw the evidence out. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? That is so needlessly specific. A lot of them said that there was just so much circumstantial evidence that was presented. Yeah. That a lot of people perceived it as Casey being child killer but realistically they could not officially tie it to her so i think a lot of people's viewpoints on it is everyone knows that it was her they just couldn't prove they it. they just couldn't prove it 
<sighs> what a world we live in. Yep. So, to this day, no one actually knows what happened to Kaylee. They don't know exactly how she was killed. They theorize that it was suffocation, obviously because of her nose yeah. and mouth being covered. But there was a lot of questions around it. Um, and unfortunately, like I said earlier, because of the fact that her remains were skeletal, they couldn't 100% determine cause of death. So we don't know. We don't know what she suffered. We know that she didn't exactly suffer trauma. So she wasn't beaten and ripped apart and everything like that. But we can never be 100% certain about what actually happened to her. And we'll never know when all of this happened to her. Because that's the, that's the one thing that the state couldn't clarify is when exactly she died. She had done it, or when she, uh, Kaylee had died. So that was the big thing. Well, what a point to start off on. Thank you for that, but also no thank you. Yeah, like but you're welcome, but I'm also sorry. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate your apology, <laughs> because someone should apologize for whatever the hell this was. Yeah. Cool, but yeah, that was officially our first episode of Tormented Pleasures. Yay, thank but you. Not yay. Kind of yay. Definitely yay. Yay. Because we will be carrying on and finding more cases that don't have endings. Um, I suppose for this one, I don't know, it's pretty cut and dry. There's, 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 there's no like twisting around anything, in my opinion. I can't even justify anything towards the opposite. Um, but there will probably be more cases that we cover that have little to no evidence against the yeah. very obvious guilty party. Like, you're not supposed to assume and make assumptions and kind of make your own rulings, but I've made my own ruling throughout all of this, and I truly believe that she did it. 100%. We should have been on the jury. Yeah, we should. I think... I would have condemned her. I straight. I think I was 10 or 13, maybe, somewhere around there, but Please. I should have been on that jury. Don't, don't make me do maths. I can't do that. <laughs> Anyway, thank you again for joining us. Thanks, guys. Um, you should catch us next time when we talk about we don't know yet. Or do we? Dun, dun, dun. In two weeks. See you then. Okay. Bye. Bye.